out of it, I probably only sell one. If it's in my brother, Good morning. Good afternoon, Richmond. It's 12 noon, and I'm AWOD. You're listening to the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Wow, what a wild sports weekend. A lot going on. Of course, the NHL season completely underway. Now Caps lose uh, their first game to the Penguins on Friday. And uh, it really did start with the wild sports weekend on Friday night. Late night as Stanford comes from behind, shocking the world to defeat Deion Sanders and Colorado after being down 29-0. Yeah, that's when I went to bed, 29-0. I'm sure most of you guys did as well, waking up early Saturday to seeing stunned that Stanford won that game. Really good college football all Saturday, including a big win at home for the Virginia Tech Hokies against Wake. Andy Bitter, who covers Virginia Tech, will join the show today at 2.30. I went out to the black and gold game, first chance at the Siegel Center to see the men's and women's 2023-24 VCU basketball team. Spoke with Ryan Odom after the game, and I have some thoughts on the game that I'll share with you later on on the show today for the black and gold report. But NFL Sunday, my biggest takeaway, no more undefeated teams left. The Dolphins from 72 can celebrate once again as San Francisco and Philly both get upset and here we are today with a victory Monday as the commanders held off the Atlanta Falcons 24 to 16 live from Capitol Ale House here in Innsbruck come on by grab a beer and check out the show they've got an incredible beer selection uh, great burgers I love the wings always a good time here at Cap Ale and throughout the show today we'll recap the college football action Saturday Sunday's NFL and get you set up for Monday night football as all of the fans of the commanders are rooting for the Chargers to knock off the Dallas Cowboys and that would be the end of a perfect NFL weekend for me. The commanders get a win, the Eagles lose, the Giants lose, and hopefully tonight the Cowboys will lose as well. And here on a Victory Monday, we like to start the show with the good, the bad, and the ugly of a commander's win. I'm here at Capitol Ale House. We got Stubb from the production room. Stubb, hope you had a good weekend. Can I hear that commander's theme song? Get me fired up. So let's start by looking back at the keys to victory. Now I will say most of the season, they have not completed the three keys. Even in games that they've won, they haven't completed all three keys, but this game was a full-on great game for the offense, the defense, and the special teams. Complimentary football. That's how you win in the NFL. You need all of your units to come together and play well, and that's exactly what they did. Key number one was get Terry McLaurin over 75 yards receiving. Remember I said, if you're going to win on the road, you need your ace to have a great game. Well, they targeted McLaurin often. In that first drive of the game, four touches, 11 targets throughout the game, had over 75 yards. So give me a ding for key number one for the Commanders going over 75 yards for Terry McLaurin, right? Got to throw to your most talented player often to get the win on the road. That's a ding number one for the Commanders. Number two, number two was win the turnover battle. Win the turnover battle. Something they hadn't done in the last few weeks here. Now, I will say they should have won that Eagles game because Sam Howell had a clean sheet there, and that's why it was really close. Uh, Did not win the turnover battle against the Chicago Bears, uh, but won the turnover battle last night. Uh, A big game. Sam Howell with a really strong performance there. Impressive for a rookie on the road to have no interceptions, no fumbles. 
Well, as Desmond Ritter, his three interceptions made the difference in the game for sure. They won the turnover battle. Give me a, a ding to key number two. Key number three. This was a tough one because think about this, all right? I said you have to hold the Falcons as a team under 110 rushing yards. That's not just Bijan Robinson. That's Tyler Algier. That's Corderell Patterson. That's Desmond Ritter who can certainly run as well. And thank goodness that Washington held them in check in the first half because they started breaking some runs in the fourth quarter. So the early stops did help them hold the team to under 110. They had 51 yards on 13 carries from Tyler Algier. Really impressive job slowing down Bijan Robinson, who we've seen can take over a game. 13 carries for 37 yards. And Ritter, 18 yards. So for, as a team, Atlanta had 106 yards, but the Commanders did hit all three keys, holding the Falcons to 110 yards, under 110 yards total. And that was a big part of them getting the win. The good, the bad, and the ugly. We start with the good. The offense scoring 17 points in the first half. That was impressive, right? You're on pace to score 34, and then special teams makes a game-changing play. Defense was getting some stops and helped push the lead to double digits. The first half was complete game for the Commanders. Complimentary football, good D, good O, and good special teams. Sam Howell has to be included in the, in the good here. No turnovers, 14 for 23, 151 yards, three touchdowns. Now, of course, he did have five sacks. A few of those, those were coverage sacks, and... A few of them were also late in the fourth quarter where, hey, at least the clock's still running. That's better than an incompletion. But he still has not learned when to throw the ball away. There were several plays where, yeah, nobody's open, and he just kind of runs forward into trouble instead of saying, staying calm and composed in the backfield and just throwing it away. But here's why Sam Howell has to be included in the good. He now has 1,500 pass yards with 11 games left to play. He's projected to have... 4,250 yards if he complete, uh, keeps this up and stays healthy in 2023, which would be the most by a quarterback in Washington since Kirk Cousins did it in 2016. And I think most people would agree, watching Sam Howe, he looks like our most accurate quarterback since Kirk Cousins in 2016. It is Victory Monday, but didn't feel like that for much of the game. The bad was allowing Desmond Ritter to throw for 307 yards and two touchdowns. I mean, Drake London made our secondary look like clowns. 125 yards receiving and two, including two Randy Moss-type catches where he jumped over the defender. He was impressive. Uh, here's another part of the bad, right? So we, we mentioned this. The offense has improved. The 2023, 2022 Commanders offense through six games at this point of the season was only averaging 17 points per game. Well, now the offense is up to 22.5 points per game, right? But the defense last year was holding opponents to 22 points per game. Now through six games, 29.3 points per game. Uh, Atlanta was averaging 16.6. You held them at their average. So that's good for the commander's average, which dropped from 33 to 29. But the ugly, the fact that Washington was just 2 of 10 on third downs, that's not good enough. I, I always say you have to be close to 50% to win uh, in the NFL. Uh, third downs are the most important down in the sport. Atlanta was 5 of 15. They got most of those five in the first half, and it felt like at least – the first 15 plays of the game, right? Everyone talks about how coaches script the first 15 plays. They were able to get past the commanders easily in the first 15 plays. And then the defense did turn it on uh, with three turnovers there 
all of them in the second half. Kendall Fuller with a big pick where he jumps a route to start the third quarter. Benzman St. Just in the end zone, and then Jamin Davis to get the win. Uh, part of the ugly has to be the fact that the total yardage does not look good. 193 total yards for the Commanders, 402 for the Atlanta Falcons. And Atlanta also dominated time of possession. I mean, this could have been an ugly game if not for the three defensive interceptions. I've got to give credit to Kendall Fuller. I've been saying he looks slow, uh, but he looked faster than most of the other guys on Atlanta when he jumped that route and had an interception. If he had not fallen on the pick, he might have had a pick six. Got to credit Jamin Davis. And, and uh, of course, Benjamin St. Juice gets his first career interception. Uh, but, look, I look at this game, and I, I, I thought at times that they didn't put their – players in the right position to win this game. I was screaming on my TV, you can't have Jamin Davis on an important third down covering B. John Robinson. Know your personnel. They're going to throw to him. Well, they did throw to him. He did. He ran a sloppy slant route uh, going upfield, and Jamin Davis was able to undercut it and get the game-winning interception. It's a Victory Monday here on the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. How are you feeling after that game? Right, I think most of you out here listening are probably feeling better about Sam Howell. Maybe not much better about your defense, but you got to be feeling better about your special teams. Big shout-out to Jamison Crowder. I'm giving him the game ball. Uh, I've interviewed him several times from his first stint here in Washington, and he's one of the nicest guys ever. Uh, he's a hard worker, and I think you can see that in the locker room. Uh, everybody respects him. He came in here as just a special teams guy, right? Well, they've used him. He had a couple catches in one game earlier this season, and then the game-changing play. Really, the commanders, I'm not sure they win that game if it wasn't for the major punt return inside the 10-yard line, setting Sam Howell up for his first touchdown pass of the game to Antonio Gibson. Phone lines are open. How are you feeling about that game? 833-804-0910. That's 833-804-0910. Don't go anywhere. Don't change that dial. I'll be right back. Welcome back. How are you doing today? Happy Monday. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. Here on the new Sports Radio 910, The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Phone lines are open. I want to hear from you, Commanders fans here in Richmond. 833-804-0910. 833-804-0910. Washington gets a 24-16 win over the Atlanta Falcons. And got to give the defense credit. I mean, you look at the Falcons' last three possessions, interception, turnover on downs. Just four plays when they got the ball back there. Only got two yards. And then interception to end the game. If you're watching at home and you want to chime in, give me your thoughts. Now is your chance. 833-804-0910. Here's how I'm feeling after the game. Honestly, honestly, I feel like Atlanta lost that game more than Washington won it. I want to know if you guys agree. Because I also believe that Taylor Heineke wins that game if he was the starting quarterback for Atlanta. I mean, look, the three interceptions by Desmond Ritter were terrible, right? All of them were in the middle of good drives, right? You had the red zone interception being the worst of all of them. He just threw it up on third down, just threw it up. Uh, Drake London was not even turned around. Benjamin St. Juice gets an easy interception. He just also missed so many open receivers throughout this game, so many open receivers. So it kind of, I think, masked the fact that our secondary was still getting burnt. Like, there were receivers running open, 
Rizman Ritter just wasn't hitting them. So I, I kind of think Taylor Heineke could have won that game for Atlanta, uh, but I'll give Sam Howell a lot of credit. You, you go up 17-7, you got all the momentum, um, and so he played a perfect first half. And then the second half, I'm going to give Sam Howell and Eric Bieniemy some slack here because this is the first time all season they're playing with a lead in the second half. So they had to change the way they were going to call the plays here and change the schemes that they wanted to run. And because of that, we saw the offense stumble a little bit and give the ball right back to Atlanta with a couple of <coughs> three and outs. If you want to chime in, phone lines are open, 833-804-0910. Let's go to line one. We've got Trey in Richmond. You're on the fan with Adam Epstein. What's up, Trey? Hey, how's it going? Hey, Trey, I how are you feeling about that win, ago. man? Man, that man, that that win was was nice. It was nice to get a win, As, especially after you know past couple of weeks. Um, you know, tough losses and stuff. It was nice to um, have a win. Absolutely, got to be happy with the win. Uh, what was your biggest takeaway, offensively and defensively, for the Commanders? Um, well, I was going to say uh, the the Crowder, uh, Jamison Crowder, that run. Um, it looked like he towards the end of the run. It looked like he was uh, he was celebrating to uh, get that touchdown. A little, it basically looked like he had uh, had slowed down a little bit towards the end. But uh, other than that, you know, that was it was so nice that he was able to uh, put us in position to, to score right there. Um, I, I think uh, Kyle looks like slinging Sammy. You know what I'm saying? Even though I was not alive during that that point in time. The defense, uh, I'll say, you know, Young and the rest of the crew definitely look good. Yeah, no, it was a strong performance, and you hit it, right? Offense, defense, and special teams came together completely uh, for this win. I appreciate the call. Phone lines are open, 833-804-0910. If you want to chime in, it's 833-804-0910. He said Sam Howell looked like slinging Sammy Howell, and it's just so nice to have a quarterback there where you feel like he can hit any of the throws that an NFL quarterback should make, right? He had a nice throw up the sideline. He had a good bullet pass uh, up the middle. He's been really impressive in the screen game. And I, I think that's an underrated uh, part of what a quarterback has to do. Is you can't just say, oh, it's a screen. I'm going to drop back and immediately dump it off to the running back. No, you need to know that it's a screen, and that you have to kind of bait the offensive lineman. Need, ha, ha, you're not going to get me, you're not going to get me, and then you throw it when they're right in your face. And that's what he did on the Brian Robinson long touchdown run. How cool is it to watch Brian Robinson just run people over? I, I think most people would agree Brian Robinson Jr. Uh, had a better game than Bijan Robinson. And it was, it was Bijan Robinson's sloppy slant pass that lost the game for the Atlanta Falcons. So I thought it could have been an easy victory. Uh, maybe if you coach better uh, to start the or in that second part of that second quarter, right? You're up 17 7. Uh, you let the Falcons get right down the field and get a touchdown, and I'm screaming at my TV, get the offense back on the field. The offense is hot. I thought they could have scored 35 points on Atlanta yesterday. Got a little complacent. The play calls changed because uh, you're playing for the lead. But you know what? Look, you win a game where you went 2 for 10 on third downs, and you barely score in the second half. Uh, that's you got to take that as a, you know, look, we stole that game. It's a victory. Uh, we've had games like that where we lost, so you got to feel good. If you want to chime in, phone lines are open. 833-804-0910. Let's go to James in Glen Allen. James, you're on the fan with AWOD. What's up, bud? Hey, AWOD. What's going on? 
What's up, man? How are you feeling about the Commander's win? Hey, so um, I was actually at the game. I uh, got back around midnight last night. Um, I, man, I agree with your, uh, your analysis. I mean, it was the first, the first three quarters, I, I, you know, I gave them a check. I gave, you know, Commanders did what they needed to do. I thought we played pretty well um, overall. I mean, there were definitely some passes that Britt or Miss that, yeah, that, you know, and I, and I also agree with you that I think Heineke would have won that game. Um, but yeah, but I would say, you know, I felt like particularly the first quarter, I thought, you know, the scripted plays, I thought, I thought the defense played all right initially, but, um, you know, it was, uh, that fourth quarter was just, I mean, we could have easily put that game away and and we just didn't do anything. And so I was really disappointed with the fourth quarter. I thought we were really soft on defense. Um, and, you know, I mean, I was with some Atlanta friends, and I was like, hey, guys, don't give up. Because, I mean, even that last drive, I was like, you know, we could, we could easily lose this. But they just – they really – they lost the game. Uh, it was kind of like who was going to – it was a race to the bottom. And uh, they beat us there. So, but, you know, it's a win, so that's good. But um, – that last, particularly the last quarter, I think could have been a whole lot better. So that was yeah. this morning. I'm with you, man. And, and well, here's the thing I'll say though, right? You know, I'm hard on this team. You're hard on this team because obviously you care about this team enough to travel to Atlanta and go to the game. You know, but that's a road victory, right? And that's hard to do in the National Football League. And as bad as Atlanta has been, uh, you know, they have a lot of explosive players. They have some potential there. Uh, if Ritter hadn't had a bad game, I think they, the outcome might have been different. But uh, we need to celebrate no, it as a road victory. That's the best part. No, no, definitely. Because, I mean, I don't, I don't think they had lost yet at home. So Right. Um, so that was good. Yeah, it was great to get the win. And I thought we played well for most of the game. And then, you know, kind of didn't do anything in that last quarter. But... I'll take it. Good chance yeah. to win. Yep, it yep. is. It's a victory Monday and a chance to get two wins in a row against the lousy New York Giants uh, next weekend. There Let's go, go back to the phone lines. Thanks for chiming in. Uh, the other James on the line here. You're on the fan with AWOD. What's up, buddy? Hey, how's it going? Good. Hey, I just want to give some praise to the defensive line. I think they did their job yesterday shutting down the run. And I also want to uh, shout out to Tuhill. I mean, he got his name yep. called a couple of times yesterday. I thought that was big. The other thing I want to make, you know, I know this is an Eric the Enemy, uh, uh, you know, fan club here, but I think he needs to slow down. And, you know, I, to me, it seems like he's trying too hard. I think they need to close out that game yesterday, and I think they really need to get Brian Robinson north-south instead of these misdirections. Um, yeah. He's a north-south runner. He does better that way. When you do these handoffs that are misdirections, and now you're at second and ten, that does no, no favors to uh, how so uh yeah but yeah, I james I, I wanna, I hey i want to answer one to both of your comments all right and, and get your take on it so number one big shout out to casey Tuhill. great point there uh him showing up made a difference i also thought chase young in a decent game they weren't calling holding penalties i mean the guys were grabbing his neck they were grabbing his yeah. shoulder pads uh so he could have had more of an impact uh duran Payne and Jonathan Allen, great play on the goal line there, right, to stop that run. Uh, big shout. Deron Payne literally had his finger pop out of the socket. If you remember that, that's why he fell on the ground. He got back up yeah, and played yeah. the fourth quarter. Uh, so he was just a monster. So great point there, giving the defense praise. I, I agree with you with, with Eric Bieniemy. 
I liked the play call. Uh, one of the f- final two drives, it was a play-action deep shot. And it was like the enemy said, hey, everyone think we're going to run here. Let's take a deep shot. Let's hit it, and, and we'll be able to run out the clock. But you're right. You know That's not the point in the game where you should be taking a deep shot. They should have just handed it off. So I, I agree. Maybe he's overthinking things, and maybe he has so much respect for Sam Howell because he looks so good that he says, hey, I think my quarterback can handle these situations. Well, I've been wanting to call in ever since, like, the second or third game. They did these misdirections with uh, Brian Robinson, and it gets no gain, no gain or maybe a yard. And now yeah. you're in second down and long, and then you may pick up three or four yards, and then you're in third down. I mean, I, I think they need to get him more north-south. If you remember the third game, the scoring drive of the first second of the second half, he ran for, like, 15 yards and, 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 and scored a touchdown. Every time he gets north-south, he does a lot better than this misdirection. Yeah. No, it's a good point, man. Great call. I appreciate it. I, I'll say this about Eric Bieniemy. I love the, the play calling on the pass perspective. It's funny because he was a running back for a long time. I, I think his, his running plays are a little bit basic. And, and also, the offensive line's not doing a good enough job creating holes. But, yeah, it feels like he was calling runs just to do it, and they were going for one yard and putting us into some third and longs, and that's why the team was 2 of 10 on third down against the Falcons. Great calls, guys. Want to keep it rolling here? 833-804-0910. Don't go anywhere. Don't change that dial. I'll be right back. Antonio Gibson finally getting out there, using the game plan into the end zone. That was the first touchdown of the game for Sam Howell. Finding Antonio Gibson on a nice little play action fake. As heard right here on 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Richmond's home for the Washington Commanders. Two-hour pregame show and a two-hour postgame show as well. The gut check that I called in on last night, and, and really my thoughts about the game are similar to the way they were last night. Look, we, we stole that game. He got a road victory. He did really well in the first half. Um Got one good drive in the third quarter, and then kind of offense disappeared in the fourth, and I'll give them some slack here because they're just not used to playing with a lead. But I uh, want to give a big shout-out to Kendall Fuller. Make, you know That was a huge play, first drive of the third quarter, to jump that route, and I've been hard on Fuller. I feel like he's lost a step since the first time the Commanders uh, had him on their roster when they drafted him out of Virginia Tech. Uh, but you know what? As he might have lost a step, he's gained more of an NFL IQ, and he really reads the game well. Uh, that was a big play by Kendall Fuller. Phone lines are open, 833-804-0910, 833-804-0910. How are you feeling here on a victory Monday? Let's go to Chris in Richmond. Chris, you're on the fan with AWOD. What's up, AWOD? Chris, how are you feeling today, man? I'm good, man. I'm a little disappointed with the performance, uh, seeing that we had three takeaways, I mean, three turnovers, and we still on the one by eight points. Yep. No, I'm with you, hey, but it, hey. At? This is a team. This is a team that could have lost that game. You know, we were two and three at the time. You, you got to be happy we're at least back to five hundred, right? Chris, turn your radio down so you're, when you're listening to me here, so we can talk straight to each other. Throw him back. See, see if you can throw him back on hold stuff, and we'll get to him in a second here. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the New Sports Radio 910, The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Um, so look. Brian Robinson on that screen pass 
my goodness, did he show you that he has the explosiveness of a starting running back in the National Football League. That was such an impressive play. Uh, it was a great play call and design there by Eric Bieniemy. I thought might have gotten away with something as the you know, the offensive linemen were like three or four yards downfield, and sometimes when your offensive linemen are downfield, you can get called for that. But uh, luckily enough, the commanders didn't, and so you get the touchdown. Felt like it could have been a double-digit win, just like Chris, who just called in here. You get three turnovers. Uh, you're facing off against a Atlanta Falcons team that only scores 16 points per game. They only scored 16 points there. You had 17 in the first half. How do you not cruise to victory um, look, in the end, a win is a win. You're back to 500, and you're staring at a winnable divisional battle next Sunday. Hail to Jamison Crowder, though. That was my game MVP. 833-804-0910. Uh, let's go to the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline. It's Neil Greenberg from the Washington Post. What's going on, Neil? I'm doing great. How are you? Uh, I'm doing good. Let's start with Sam Howell. Um, you know, what are your thoughts on, on his performance? And I, I was reading a stat earlier that statistically he's on pace to be the uh, best quarterback in Washington since Kirk Cousins in 2016, and it's pretty obvious watching him play. Yeah, I mean, he's playing okay. I mean, I, I, I'm worried about the sacks. I think the sacks are a, a big challenge for him. Um, but he's a dependable quarterback. I don't, um, I don't think his um, – his uh, his mishaps are are you know any worse than any other quarterback in the league. Um, I I probably I'm not as as high on him as as others in the in the Beltway. But um, my my biggest question is this: if you do feel like he is the future and he's 20th in QBR right now, he's um, kind of in the bottom third of, of Pro Football Focus's um, ratings. Um, but if you truly believe that he is going to be your future, um, how how long is that future going to be taking five to six sacks a game, not including yeah. any of the quarterback hits that he takes? Um, no, you're right. You're right. So, so that's my real question. Like, if he could be the number one quarterback in the league, you're getting sacked five or six times. One, that's killing the drives that you have. Um, two, it's putting his health at risk. Um, and one thing that we know is the more sacks a quarterback takes during the season, the fewer games they play the next season. I mean, it's just wear and tear on the body. Um, we just did an article about, you know, the recovery rates for a player on a Monday. Yeah. Um, you know, you again, five to six sacks per game over the course of a season is a lot. And I think that this offense will go nowhere um, unless they can get that down to a much more manageable number. No, you're right. But if the you know the biggest worry part or the or the biggest negative is you know taking hits and worried about an injury, I think that's uh, you know positive. I mean, look, uh, it comes down to how do you do against the other opposing team's quarterback, right? He won his matchup against Josh Dobbs. I thought he was the better quarterback against Russell Wilson, and he was definitely the better quarterback against Desmond Ritter. And, uh, you know, Neil, uh, you could argue, I mean, the Atlanta Falcons made a huge mistake how early they drafted Desmond Ritter. When you see that compared to Sam Howell, you got to feel good about the commanders getting him in the fifth round. Yeah, I mean, he's a – he he definitely has upside. There's no question that that he has upside as a quarterback. Um, he can throw he can throw very well. 
Um, you know, he, he does make some mistakes. Um, all quarterbacks make mistakes. It's his first real season. Um, the offensive line is not that good. So his his receivers, from what I understand, are having trouble getting some separation. So he's got some challenges in that regard that are independent of him. Um, and absolutely, I think that he certainly could be a quarterback that you know you can you can build around. Is he going to be you know like a Brock Purdy type where you're talking about him as the MVP? That I don't know. But like you said, there's certainly you could certainly do worse than Sam Howell at quarterback in today's NFL. Yeah, no, I, I think he's uh, done enough that you can win games. Defensively, though, I don't think you can keep giving winning games, giving up 400 yards. They're giving up a ton of yards every single week. And Jack Del Rio's philosophy has always been bend but don't break, and uh, that worked against the Falcons because they their quarterback broke with three interceptions, but just giving up so many yards. What do you think is the biggest issue defensively right now? I mean, it's got to be the secondary, um, only because we saw that in the Chicago game. We saw them attack the, the secondary right away and have a lot of success. Um, you know, the, the pass rush is okay. I don't think that it's anything great. Um, the, the less traditional metrics like uh, DVOA has Washington's defense as the 23rd best. Um, 25th best, if you look at, you know, expected points added, they're allowing three more points per game than you would expect based on the, the plays that they have to defend, um, which is a little surprising considering where we thought this defense might be or at least was capable of being coming into the season. And, um, you know, I think you and I talked about this before. If you get average quarterbacking by Sam Howell, but you were somehow able to get the defense that you had a couple of years ago, I think that that's a pretty formidable force in the NFL. Um, but what's happening now is the defense just isn't giving you any consistency and um, you know you're just not able to you're not really you're not able to get any flashy wins, right? I mean Washington, you know they beat Arizona, okay? They beat Denver, um, they got blown out by Buffalo, they they played the Eagles pretty well, then they get blown out by the Bears, and then they beat the Falcons. So you know there's really not much there where you aside from the Philly game where you can say um, you know this team is better on, on paper than maybe they look. I, I don't know. I, I just have a hard time with them. Um, and I think Atlanta I think Atlanta lost that game more so than Washington won it uh, yesterday. Um, yeah. But, uh, you know, the Giants, they got to keep winning. they got to win the games that they can win, right? So Giants coming up, winnable game. Uh, maybe it looks a little bit different if Daniel Jones is the quarterback. Patriots should be a winnable game. They play the Giants again. But then things get dicey. I mean, Dolphins bye week at Rams, at Jets, San Francisco, Dallas. I mean, yeah. that that could be 0-5, right? I mean, you know, you have the Dallas game before Miami game. I mean, how many wins can you conceivably look at, you know, through that gauntlet? You know, maybe you pick up one or two realistically. So, you know, they got to win the games that, that, they, that they look like they should win on paper, and that starts, you know, with the Atlantas and, and the New York Giants. And, you know, then you see if, if – what you did against Philly was was a fluke or not. Neil Greenberg with us here on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline. Follow Neil on social media, N Greenberg, sports writer and stats geek for the Washington Post. Read his work online, WashingtonPost.com. Neil, statistically, I felt like last year, Jahan Dotson had one of the best uh, rookie wide receiver seasons and kind of feels like he's disappeared this season. What are you noticing what's going on with Dotson? Well... <clears throat> 
does it look like it doesn't look like he's trusted in this offense to me? Hmm. Um, and I don't know if he's done anything to like warrant that trust. But um, you know, I think that you have to you have to the quarterback has to be comfortable throwing you the ball. Yeah. And you know, with with um, with Dotson this year, you know, just he's he's got one touchdown. He's caught 17 of 31 targets. Um, his success rate is the lowest on the team among the receivers. And and what that means is, like, is he getting enough yardage to you know, is he on pace to get the first down? Right? Is he is he improving the the team's chances of of scoring points? And you know, whenever he gets the ball. It, it's not happening now. That could be, you know, partly scheme, right? Are they are they putting him in a position to succeed? Um, is he is he not doing enough with the ball? Um, you know, there's just so many things that that you can look at with with Dotson, and um, you know, with a with a inexperienced quarterback like uh, Sam Howell, I think you know you absolutely absolutely need to have the trust of, of your receivers. Otherwise, I just don't think you're going to get many plays. So um, that's what I've been seeing. You know, maybe I'm wrong. But, um, you know, at this point last year, um, you know, he was just more productive with the football. He's, 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 he's more involved, I think, a little bit this year than he was at this point last year. He just doesn't seem like he's doing enough with it. Yeah, I think you could argue Scott Turner's offense might have been more favorable for Dotson, while the enemy he's finding a ton of use for Curtis Samuel. Neil, great stuff, man. I appreciate you joining the show today, man. All right, talk to you soon. You're listening to AWOD Radio, broadcasting live from Capitol Ale House here in Innsbruck. Phone lines are open on a victory Monday, 833-804-0910. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Caught. Curtis Samuel twisted into the end zone. Touchdown! <laughs> Touchdown, Washington! That was the call of the Curtis Samuel touchdown grab. Nice throw by Sam Howell, as heard right here on 910 The Fan. Now at 105-1 FM, Richmond's home for the Washington Commanders. And uh, I saw people talking about this online, and I totally agree. If you look at that play again, it was a great play design by Eric Bieniemy. A good play call and a better play design where a couple of the wide receivers cleared out the middle for Curtis Samuel to run that slant over the middle, get the catch, and uh, get into the end zone, which is always tough to do in the NFL. It seems like teams can get from the 20 to the 20 with ease, but man, does it get difficult in the red zone. But in the red zone yesterday, the Commanders had three touchdowns. Uh, with Sam Howell finding Antonio Gibson, Curtis Samuel, and then Brian Robinson. So my game balls for today here as we go on the commander's corner. Uh, Number one, Jamison Crowder. I I really think he changed the game complete with that punt return. Uh, We had a caller saying maybe he was celebrating uh, the final 15 yards there. I kind of think he he ran out of gas. Um, and, And, you know, these... Uh, special teamers for the Falcons were able to chase him down, but luckily the Commanders still scored a touchdown on that drive. Have to give Jamison Crowder a game ball. Another game ball. I'm going to give it to the guy who made the game-winning interception, Jamin Davis. Uh, I was scared when I saw Jamin Davis lined up against Bijan Robinson 
on a slant route on third down, but uh, he was able to undercut it and catch the pass. You know, he's had a few plays where he nearly had an interception, but he grabs that one, goes down, and seals the win for the Commanders. Third game ball. Go back to my keys to victory. You got to target tar Terry McLaurin. His targets this season were way down from last season. Eric Bieniemy heard the noise from the outside. He targeted McLaurin four times on the opening drive. 11 targets for the game for 82 yards. Uh, honorable mention, big shout-out, though, all right, to Kendall Fuller, Antonio Gibson, who struggled at times. Danny Johnson made a play. How about John Ridgeway and Casey Tuhill? Right? We all we make all this big deal about Chase Young, Montez Sweat, Jerron Payne, Jonathan Allen. Well, John Ridgeway came in, all right, played that Cinco package with five defensive linemen, made a big impact. Casey Tuhill, two big sacks, was watching with my buddy. He called it. This is the Tuhill game as Casey Tuhill made a big impact on the commander's defensive line. Those guys absolutely deserve some love for their performance. Uh, JP Finley reports. Deron Payne told him in the locker room that he dislocated his finger at the goal line. It came out. He popped it back in and went right back into the game. Said it hurt like crazy. But my goodness, what a badass. <laughs> it looked like that's what happened on TV. Because I saw him lean down, put his hand in the dirt, and then all of a sudden he like, passed out. Uh, and I was thinking, man, I hope it wasn't his finger. That's exactly what it was. Phone lines are open if you want to chime in. 833-804-0910. 833-804-0910. Let's get to AWOD's who, what, when, where, how, and why the Commanders won on Sunday. The who? Who? The Commanders. Who are we? The Commanders. The 3-3 three and three Commanders back at 500. Who is Sam Howell? Sam Howell is who the fan base wants him to be. He's our franchise quarterback right now. And why am I so confident about that? Because he was drafted way way after Desmond Ritter, and really outplayed him yesterday. No turnovers. I think he's slowly improving with his vision, his pocket presence. Yeah, he did have five sacks, but a few of them were on the offensive line. A few of them were coverage sacks. Guys were not open downfield. I believe that his football IQ is helping him learn on the fly. We talked about it last week, how he made a really interesting uh, quote in an article about how he really thinks that he's playing so well because he sat last year for an entire year and watched Carson Wentz and Taylor Heineke and I know most NFL fans feel the same way right when you throw your quarterback into the fire they're going to make a ton of dumb mistakes right well Sam Howley got to watch for an entire year and even <laughs> Ron Rivera knows he should have played Sam Howell last year they didn't know what they had honestly they were too focused on Carson Wentz trying to get him to fix his mechanics uh the what the what for me is what I don't understand is how this defense can be so bad on third downs. The Falcons converted on third down uh, throughout the whole first half. They finished 5 of 15, uh, but they were getting them easily, and they were getting explosive plays on third down just like the Chicago Bears did. It feels like this team can get a stop on first down, a stop on second down, and then on third down, they just can't cover anyone, and the defensive line can't get sacks on third down. Atlanta had four chances to tie this game. Uh, that's the what I don't understand. What I don't understand how the defense couldn't get stop after stop after stop there and just win the game. So part of it was on the offense, making them go three and out. But uh, Ritter was solid between, uh, you know, the 20 and the 20. He was just god-awful in the red zone. Win. When this game changed, when this game flipped, was absolutely with Jamison Crowder returned a punt to the red zone. We've been waiting to see that speed that we knew he had. 
He cut up field right away, no hesitation. I know some punt returners like to dance. No, Jamison Crowder was not wasting any seconds. He went up field, saw the opening, boom, he booked it. That gave Sam an easy touchdown pass that helped the offensive momentum. Where? Where was this game won? I think this game was won with Washington's red zone defense, right? The defense that Dak Del Rio always preaches is bend but don't break. All right, they bent, 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 and then St. Juice had the interception in the end zone, right? Uh, we blitzed Ritter. He wasn't ready for it. The red zone stops. The red zone efficiency offensively absolutely made the difference in this game. How? I want to know how Washington will use this momentum getting back to 500 because, it, to me, on the outside looking in, right, you have to win next week against the the New York Giants, right? You get a win on the road. You got some momentum now. You're back at 500. It's a winnable game. It might be even a must-win game based on the way the schedule turns late in the season. There are some very tough games. We were just talking about that with Neil Greenberg. You have to beat New York and get above 500 once again. That will show me, all right, if they've really improved, all right? You can't have a stinker after you have a good performance on the road against Atlanta. How good is Washington? Well, we'll find out if Atlanta just sucks if they lose next week to the New York Giants. My why comes down to Ron Rivera. Why does Ron Rivera refuse to understand clock management, right? Now, part of you could blame Eric Bieniemy. I'm more blaming Ron here. Uh, there was a third down in the fourth quarter where they snapped it with 15 seconds left. Your head coach has to tell people that's not what you need to do. Then again on the punt. I'm losing my mind. Tress White punted it with 15 seconds left. He's too much of a veteran punter to not understand that. That's why he comes back to coaching. Ron Rivera doesn't seem to understand clock management. And then I also think that Ron is trying to hold Eric Bieniemy back. I, I believe that the two sat down and had a conversation this week about needing to run the ball more. And I get it. As a team, they need to run the ball more. You can't throw 55 times in a row. But in that first half, it felt like Ron Rivera was trying to get involved in the offense. Anytime they ran the ball, I'm looking at the enemy on the sidelines. He's already focused on the next play. He was running it just to say he ran, but the runs were so basic. They were up the middle for one yard or no gain, and I, I just don't understand that call. And then we didn't understand when to challenge, when to, when to call timeout, right? Why did the commanders win that game? Because they won the turnover battle. Um but it was not a great coaching performance, in my opinion, from Ron Rivera. Phone lines are open, 833-804-0910. 833-804-0910. Look, there was a lot to like and a, not, and a lot not to like about that win. But a win is a win. It is not a tie. And there's nothing worse than dealing with a defeat on Sunday. I'm going to have a great week. I already know it. I'm here on a Monday at Capital Ale House. I'm fired up for Monday Night Football to hopefully watch the Cowboys lose and see the Commanders be the only team in the NFC East to get the win. Still got a lot to get to on the show today. Grant Polson from Grant Danny will join us at 1.30. I'll give you AWOD's 10 takeaways from the Commanders win, and then we'll move over to college football as Virginia Tech gets a Good win against Wake Forest. Uh, Blacksburg was rocking as they got the win. And uh, they've got some winnable games in their future. Could even lead to a bowl game this season. We'll go around the ACC uh, with Andy Bitter at 2.30 and talk about the Hokies on the fan. Don't go anywhere. Don't change that dial. I'll be right back. <laughs> 